eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. Today we go behind enemy lines as we gear up. For the Western Conference Finals, your Dallas Stars taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. And joining me, a, a friend, NHL analyst, uh, sorry, NHL analyst. She was also a little tidbit, American Hockey Coaches Association, All-American for St. Anselm, the goaltender. And she covers the Vegas Golden Knights. It's Lindsey Brown. How are you? I'm doing well, especially with an intro like that. I appreciate the the time. Well, I, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting because this is why I love talking hockey with you because we've had some deep dive conversations with Jake Ottinger and and you know you played Division One and a high level of uh, goaltending and have you been able to watch much of Jake and what he's been able to do and what has been your thoughts on all the goalie polls this year in the NHL playoffs? Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to want to watch somebody like Jake Ottinger. He just plays the position so well at such a young age. And, you know, he's from Minnesota. I'm from Minnesota. And we haven't always had the most successful goalies. And so I'm really excited that we have someone that's representing the state that's that's doing so well. And I just love the way the guy battles. Like, he doesn't give up uh, on pucks. He's a great guy in space, really quiet core. Um, you know, the post can get a little bit troublesome for him, but for the most part, like he's just so calm. I really like the way that he plays with his hands. And I mean, you, you, you got to say that this guy has an it factor. We all saw it last year in that game seven loss where he had like what 50 something saves or maybe it was more. I can't really, once yeah. you get past 40, you just start stop 64, so, 64. Amazing. Yeah, 64. Yeah. That's much different than 50. <laughs> I was like, Oh, is that the Jason Tatum game seven the other night? But you know, he, he's, He's got that it factor, and and he was you know a little bit skittish last series, but for the most part he was able to dial it back in. And I mean, you put him out there for Game Seven, and he shuts it down until what 15 seconds left in the period, left in the game in total. So uh, it's been a real pleasure to see him develop and and his journey. And I think you guys got a real winner in him, and uh, the Dallas Stars are going to be a problem for many years to come, specifically because of him. Now, is that what the talk in Vegas is about from a Behind enemy lines perspective, when they talk about the Dallas Stars, is Ottinger the the big mention or is it Pavelski and the concussion that happened a few years back? I mean, Pavelski is certainly a big name because you have the concussion. You have those battles that were 
between the Sharks and the Knights that DeBoer was obviously part of as well. But I think just given given the state of the Golden Knights goaltending situation this year, uh, Ottinger is certainly uh, a huge discussion point because his reputation precedes him. And and when you when you have a little bit more of a of a goaltending by committee here, you, it's hard not to look across and be like, man, I wish we had somebody like that. But ultimately, the Golden Knights have constructed their roster in a different way. You know, Robin Leonard is technically supposed to be the starting goaltender for this this season, but he's been out all year. And honestly, I think it's kind of helped them in a way to have the the goaltending carousel because it's forced them to learn how to play different styles, play more discipline. And that just goes hand in hand with the Bruce Cassidy system of of, of discipline and accountability. And so Ottinger is certainly he, he's at the top of my mind because uh, goaltenders tend to steal series, especially at this stage in the game. And, you know, this the, the Golden Knights got their soul stolen by a, a Dallas netminder just a couple of years ago. And so we'll see if Ottinger can can keep that legacy going because he's certainly capable. Let's do a deep dive into the Vegas net minding situation. It's just absolutely amazing the number of goaltenders they, they've used. It really is a tribute to the team. And despite the injuries and despite goaltending, they, they, they were just a force all year. Tell me about the rise of Aiden Hill because it's pretty amazing that, you know, he really stood tall against Edmonton. Yeah, his game seven performance had to be a, a shot in the arm for him because, you know, he's a little bit of an adventure in the net. Sometimes he sits pretty deep in his crease because he's not the best mover, but he he can get a little bit on his butt sometimes. But I think he was able to to play confident. The Golden Knights were able to actually score first for once and then Edmonton scored right back away. And so that was the story of the series as well. It's just a lot of responses between the two. But you know, he's he's just straight up last guy standing. And and what like I like I just mentioned, this team in front of front of the goaltenders plays so well. They really box out so that you, it's hard to access that interior ice. Their defensemen don't chase below the goal line very much. And so you're not getting people out of position or forcing the net front defenseman to make a decision like who do I cover since my partner's down below. But you know, it it doesn't matter at this time of year what you've done, how how little time he's played, because you know, it was Logan Thompson's net to start the season. And then Aiden Hill would go in, you know, one, one, every three, one, every four. And he was fine. He was great. I mean, his team was great for, you know, the majority of the first half of the season. And they went through a little bit of a lull because they had injuries. Uh, Logan Thompson started getting hurt. And uh, ultimately after the all-star break, they were able to recapture and regroup. And, you know, you go get Jonathan quick to basically uh, keep pace for everybody in the, in the Pacific division, because it was such a, barnstorming race down the stretch because LA was playing so well Edmonton you know lost like two games since March and so the Golden Knights were able to keep pace and so it was just it's been very interesting how they've been able to finagle it together but ultimately um, a goalie like Aiden Hill who sits deeper in his crease is actually a pretty good fit for Bruce Cassidy's system that I just highlighted because you're not getting goaltender that's going to take too many chances push out too far outside of their crease where they're giving up extreme angles and so as long as he's taking care of rebounds and he's able to track the puck through traffic, he, he's going to be all right. He's going to get the job done for you most nights. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. We are going behind enemy lines here on Spits and Suds. Uh, Lindsey Brown joins us. She's uh, one of the uh, top people who cover the Vegas Golden Knights. And you covered Pete DeBoer last year. And we see Pete DeBoer differently here now after the season Mm -hmm. that he's had. Take us back as far as the Pete DeBoer system, why it didn't work, and then the transition into Bruce Cassidy and what has worked under Bruce Cassidy. Well, I think Pete DeBoer has fallen trend or fallen in trend with a lot of head coaches these days where you're more likely in the NHL to get fired uh, as a head coach of a good team than you are a bad team. And I think there was just a culmination of events down the stretch last year. And you also have to note the pressure that this organization in Vegas is under. That was the first year they'd ever missed the playoffs. And I know people outside of the fan base are like, you guys haven't suffered. You guys haven't gone through this. And so everybody had to take their lumps and the big lump was Pete DeBoer. There was a lot of a drama, especially related to Robin Leonard down the stretch last season. And so power play was always a struggle. And so I think the ax just ultimately fell on him in addition to all the other injuries that that team was going through. And they did not supplement the roster the way that they have this year that allowed them to find more depth scoring down the stretch. I mean, Jack Eichel, who came back from neck surgery was playing with a broken hand and he was pretty much all that like Alex Petrangelo was the engine of the offense. And so I think Pete just did probably the best that he could with everything. I mean, it wasn't like it was a bad year. They weren't towards the bottom, you know, it's, but with an organization that has expectations to get a cup within, you know, the ending of William Carlson's contract, that's, that's directly from the mouth of the owner. Um, they're, they're a little bit quick to, to pull the rope here. I mean, it happened to Gerard Gallant, Pete DeBoer came right in and, you know, I, I think they also saw an opportunity with just how many coaches happen to land uh, for new spots every year. And I mean, Bruce Cassidy is literally the perfect coach for this golden Knights team. I think, I, I don't think Pete was the absolute best fit here, but, uh, ultimately it, he was a, a great steward for the team as they navigated kind of that middling road through the through their childhood here as a franchise. So Bruce Cassidy comes in, had amazing success with Boston, and what mm-hmm. have you seen as far as changes that he has made throughout the year um that has made this Vegas Golden Knights team so effective? Well, I think he Bruce is a pretty upfront guy like Unlike Pete, and it's nothing against the like Pete's not going to tell you jack squat. Like he's not going to tell you anything. Whereas if you ask Bruce, like how do you feel the defenseman uh, handled the gaps today, he'll tell you where he liked it, where he did it, and why. And with that accountability, I, I think that's something different down here in Vegas. And it wasn't like people were were wandering off or, or getting away from the game, but it took a while for this team to really internalize and buy into this system because the Golden Knights have historically been like a a heavy transition team. They love going on the rush and that comes with certain decisions. You have forwards that'll cheat high in the zone or we'll play the neutral zone a little bit too fast and loose. And, you know, if the rush isn't going your way and and you're overloading that with all of your offensive power, well, then that rush is probably going back the other way and possibly in the back of your own net. And so I think that's where Bruce really took this team and and said, we got to slow this down like a zone by zone where you're not getting caught too long in the defensive zone. But if we do, we're going to be able to withstand and then we're going to take a better care in the neutral zone. So we might not be able to chase as many opportunities. We might not be able to spring as many opportunities, but ultimately we're going to give up fewer than we're, than we have in the past. And then offensively, I, I have noticed a big difference, especially when Mark Stone is out there 
is that there's a low to high offense. You get in the cycles, you get that possession, and you don't rely on your defenseman to be the distributor because they're great. They're great weapons, especially when you got like a, a guy like Joe Pavelski, you can tip a lot of pucks. But that means it's higher up in the zone. It's that much closer to your net. If there's a turnover, if there's a block shot, like you just take it out of their hands and drive it a little bit deeper and make your opposition work for it. So I think it's just more of a work pale mentality. And as this team proved to itself that, hey, we can win in different ways. We can we can find these games where we can win five, four, six, five, but also we can do two to one, three to two. We can beat the crappy team in the Pacific Division a couple nights after challenging a, a central division power and so it's it's been a really successful first campaign for Bruce but he also walked into a really good situation 